0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. We want to hear what God is doing in your life through the ministry of Res Life Holland. If you have a testimony, please email us at info at RLCholland.com. To learn more about us or to contribute to this ministry financially, check us out on Facebook or visit RLCholland.com. And, you know, I was prepared last week to speak on something. Uh... And then Pastor Sean came in and and, and totally just helped me out by taking over and bringing a message. And Pastor Danny as well for second service. And uh, this guy just said, hey, just go. And so I got to listen to his word uh, the other day. And he was talking about last week, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate. He took you to Romans chapter 8. And I just love the way he presented that, that God is for us. Who can be against us? That God is on your side. And I even started out on the way over there. I was even starting to see it on Facebook. People were posting, you know, God is for us. I'm like, man, they had church. And I'm driving. <laughs> no, and it was, just, it was just awesome to hear Pastor Sean bring that up. And I was even recapping on what I talked about uh, two weeks ago on just following Jesus and how that's just a simple concept and an easy term. And we hear it and we know that. But why is it so difficult sometimes? Why is it so difficult? And the question that we had to ask ourselves is, am I following? Not, not as a Christian, as a believer, but in certain departments of our lives. Am I following in this area of my financial life, what Jesus wants me to do? Am I following in my marriage? Am I following in my relationships and, 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 and my schooling or, or wherever, wherever areas that you may have? And then we talked about the benefits of following, how like when we follow and we give it all up to God in all departments, in all of our beings... Following leads to our repentance. Following leads to our relationship with him. And following leads to a life that's changed forever. And that's what following does. And we held on to the scripture in Romans chapter 2 verse 4 in the message translation. It says, in kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. And we talked about the hand gesture. And how this is the love of God. And when I would do this to my children, this represented follow me. And they just automatically knew to grab my hand and let's go. And so when you see God doing that, he says firmly, he grabs us by his hand. And he leads us. See, following Jesus means Jesus leading. And when Jesus leads, man, it's going to be good. Now, there's going to be some tough trenches that we're probably going to go in this life, but when Jesus leads, we will see the other side. And so I had this message even yesterday. I, was, I went to Pastor Danny's house, and, and we had a, a cookout, um, and they were grilling burgers and dogs, and, and not, not real dogs, but hot dogs. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> and so, and, and we were just talking, and we were just sharing back and forth, like, what is he going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? And then I went home that night, about seven in the evening, and I sat to finalize things, you know, just a couple of things. Just talk to God, you know, remind myself, marinate for the night, uh, scriptures, and something was not right. And God said no, and then Mighty said no, <laughs> and I was like, "Man, what is it, God?" And so I stood up and I said, "All right, Lord, you tell me what to do, you tell me what to say, you tell me how to how to handle this." And He did, and He did. Let's pray, Father. I just thank you right now for this time, Lord. I pray that this message that we bring, Father God, that I bring is not my opinion, not my words, or what I think, Father God, that it is solely your word, your heart, and straight from heaven, Father. We thank you right now for an opportunity just to receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I started thinking about, okay, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? He says, well, what have you been experiencing, Jesse? I'm like, what? What have you been experiencing? You really want to know what I've been experiencing, God? Because I can tell you, I can vent on you. And God says, well, go ahead. Kind of like I dare you. So I said, all right, I've gone through this. My father just passed away. My wife is hurting. We have to leave far. I had to drive 20 hours. Then there's the floods that are happening. I had to go through towns and it took a two-day trip. Then we go over there and it's just hard. And all week we're emotional. And, we're going, and I'm just going on and on and on. And then I had to come back and take another two-day trip because I-44 is, is flooded by the Mississippi River, God. And then I'm stuck in traffic because there's construction for two hours. That's what I've been experiencing. And the Lord says, well, then are you, that means you're keeping your eye on the storm. Boom. <laughs> then he brought me to Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 through 38. This is, this is what happens. Jesus is on the boat there's a storm that's coming with his disciples. And he says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and i 'm like, "What in the world is a squall and I looked it up last night, and the squall is some a, a sudden or a sharp gust of wind, sudden and sharp gust of wind it, it, in other translations it said that it it disturbed what, what they were doing the path that they were on the wind disturbed them and, and and came about them, and it says that the winds brought the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly Swamped. Jesus was in the stem, or in the stern, sorry, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You see, you look at this passage that Jesus, that the Lord showed me yesterday, and I see the part where a furious squall came, a sudden storm. There are times in life we walk, we journey, and we're praising the Lord, we're walking Monday, yeah, it was a great Monday, Tuesday, it was awesome. Wednesday, things got tough, but man, I'm still going because I have a Lord and Savior. Then a squall comes, a sudden gust, a sudden wind, a storm, and then we question Don't you care what I'm going through? Don't you care? And the Lord revealed that to me last night. And he said, Jesse, you've been focused on the storm when I asked you what you've been going through. He goes, and I brought you to the scripture because I want to show you something. He says, you see the disciples, they're fighting the storm, and they completely forgot that I was in the boat. They completely forgot that I was there. Now, they acknowledged me, but they weren't experiencing me. And so I was talking to Dale uh, Armour Bearer today. He was just an awesome guy. And we were just kind of going back and forth. He was checking on me. Hey, how you doing? Sorry for your loss. And I was sharing what God was saying last night. And I love what he said this morning. He said, man, he's like, I've learned that sometimes when we're in the boat, we allow the storm to get in the boat rather than allow the Savior to address the storm. And that's what I did. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've allowed the storm to come in the boat. And so when God asked me, what have you been going through? I pretty much told him I allowed the storm to come in the boat. And he said, did you forget (laughs) that I'm in the boat? Did you forget that I've been there the whole time? You see, when we fight the storm uh, of life, when we go through issues and trials and troubles and it's, it's hard and we're weak and we're fatigued, and we're, it's because we're fighting the storm and our eyes are not fixed where God wants us to be at. Two years ago, my family sailed a journey with my father-in-law and my, 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 my father-in-law uh, got the news that he had cancer. And again, I had told you earlier, we visited him in Chicago. We, you know, we did all we could do. There's a distance that, we're, um, uh, that was really holding us back to seeing him more often. But we prayed and we declared the word of God. Then two weeks ago, we got a squall that came. The waves broke over the boat that my family was in. It was sudden. It was sharp. It was a storm. And then I started rising the question, do you care, God? Where are you at? I'm doing your work, your will, your way. And that's when, again, when God showed me to not allow the storm to come in to fix my eyes on him. Now, I told you guys this several times up here uh, the past few months that my favorite weather is cloudy, rainy, stormy weather. And you guys are going to throw something at me at that time. (laughs) But I'm just being, I love, I love it. I love the clouds. I love it when it's like rumbling and you see the storm coming and it's dark, man, because here's the thing. This is what I failed to tell you guys. I failed to tell you guys, I only like that weather when I'm inside the house. (laughs) I only like that weather when I have my pajamas on, when I have my coffee and my kids are sleeping. (laughs) Life is good. I like, bring it on. I bring the storm on. Boom. Yeah. Go to sleep. You know it's awesome. I love that weather, but only from the inside. Because I was thinking last night, man, it's a different story if I was outside doing something in the rain. And I've done that. Who's ever done that before? Like you forgot to do something, you forgot to take the trash out because tomorrow morning the trash man's coming. Or, or, or you, you, you know, your wife sends you to the car to go get something, and it's just pouring outside. Like man, and you go and you're running, you know, right? And you come in and you're wet and you're uncomfortable. Uh, I was um, messing with my daughter's uh, um, car seat in the van, and I was, man, those things are pains sometimes. And I'm like trying to, I was either buckling or unbuckling, I couldn't get to it, and it just starts pouring. So I'm like, oh, I'm just like, oh, man, I'm just shaking this thing. Like, come on. And I finally get it, all right? But it's pouring outside, and I run inside. And I'm like, man, and I'm all wet, and I have my shoes, my Nikes were on, and it's like the cloth version, so it gets your socks wet, and it's just like, it's just uncomfortable, and you change. Then you get that wet smell, or am I the only one that gets that wet smell? (laughs) Don't tell anybody. But then you get that wet smell and that uncomfortableness, and I'm like, so you change, and it's just uncomfortable when, when I'm outside in the rain, but it's my favorite weather. The difference is I was outside. I was uncomfortable and I was wet. You see, and when I was uncomfortable and wet, I started grumbling a little bit. I started complaining just a little bit. And my family had to hear it. (laughs) And I started realizing, man, when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm wet, when I face something in life, that question does rise. Do do you care, God? And that's just me grumbling. That's just me complaining. Anybody can say amen to that? Or am I the only one? See, the battle has never been about the storm. The battle is not the storm. The storm has been defeated already. The battle that we face, the battle that I face on a day-to-day basis is keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus. That's the battle I face. It's it's, it's continuing. When I want to look, when I want to carry and work and pull the sail down and do what I got to do just to get us to the other side, God doesn't want us to do that. He says, you need to continue to give all your efforts to keep your eyes on me. Because when you do that, you can rest on a cushion like I am. You can rest on a cushion. You see, the the disciples battled the storm, and they blamed Jesus for not caring. You see, when the battle of the storms of life came, again, we tend to just blame or point the finger to God and say, what are you doing? Because we're not getting the answers that we want. Sometimes it's not why we're ha- why it's happening it's what god's doing cuz there's a bigger picture that we might not see and so when we face these times and these trials when you look in ephesians chapter 5 and he gives you, or chapter 6 and he gives you the armor of god at the end of the armor passage he says stand firm when the enemy attacks in other words he goes and after that day comes stand firm still Continue to stand firm. And that's what we need to fix our eyes on, is to continue to stand firm on the word of God. But it's, a, it's a, a conscious decision you have to make when you don't see it and when you don't understand it and maybe not have a full knowledge or a big picture of it. It's continually trusting your Lord and Savior. Again, what the disciples failed to see was that Jesus was in the midst of of the storm. Jesus has always been there. He never left them. He never left me. He never left my family. He never left you guys. He is still in the midst of whatever you're walking through, whatever storm you're facing, I don't know. But I do know that Christ is in the midst of it if you allow him to be there. Christ is the center of it. It just requires you to fix your eyes on him. And maybe life's good for you, and that is awesome. That is awesome. But don't rule out a squaw, <laughs> a sudden gust of wind. Because when it comes, remember who's in the midst of the storm. Remember who is there. God was showing me so much. He took me to Nahum chapter one verse seven, and it says that the Lord is good, a refuge. And a refuge is literally a safe place. You see, in times of trouble, he's our refuge in times of t- trouble. He cares and for those who trust in him. Now, when you look at this one scripture, he answers the question I had earlier, okay? I know he's my safe haven. He's my refuge in times of trouble. In other words, when it's stormy outside, he's my dry and comfortable area, okay? I'm dry and I am comfortable when the storm is outside, because he is my safe haven, my refuge. Okay? But then it says that he cares. My, my question earlier was, do you care? And he answers me right here. He cares for those who trust in him. So yes, he does care when you don't think so, when you don't feel it, when you don't say. Yes, he does care. His word tells us he cares on multiple times. It is in the midst of hard times that God shows himself mightily. It is in the midst of that where, where you see the impossible become possible. It is in the midst of all the storm that we go through that when there is no way, there is a way. I mean, you look at God's people in the Old Testament when you, when you read about the Israelites, and they faced the Red Sea. And not only did they face the Red Sea, And it was just pure water, but there was an army, an enemy that was very hostile to God, that was ready to pursue and kill the children of God. And what did God do? Something that was impossible made possible, and the sea splits. And now all of a sudden there's a way, but not just a way where they had to, you know, climb some monkey bars, swing on a rope, you know, walk across a bridge that's like lava underneath. None of that. It was a way that was right in front of them. What had to happen was they had to trust to take that first step. Not saying it was easy for them. It might have been even scary. I mean, think about it. Seeing this big whale, <laughs> not just with, I see my head. That's a full experience of an uh, uh, aquarium. (laughs) Think about that. They had to take that first step. It required them to trust God and take that first step when God made a way. And then what happens is they made it to the other side. And uh, the Pharaoh and his army, the enemies, pursues them, And God just drowns it all out, washes it away. You see, we experience that on a moment-to-moment basis, a daily basis, when we see Christ in the center. See, because when fear pursues you, when, in the, when, when your plans don't go accordingly, and it's hard for you, and you don't know what to do, and this, uh, the enemy's saying stuff to you, and they're, they're pursuing you, you feel like there is no other way out, God makes a way. And when you trust and take that first step with him, turn around and watch the fears drawn away watch the enemy that was pursuing you no longer be there because he's not just for you he's against the enemy we have to remember that that he's also against the enemy now when you look at the armor of god when you look at the armor of god you have the breastplate of righteousness held by the the, the belt of truth the peace the peace of shoes to walk the readiness of the gospel The shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation. Out of that entire armor, one spot's not covered, and that's your back. Because God has never intended you for two reasons, to not not retreat, and he always has your back. He created you to march forward. Even when storm and hail comes, to march forward. Madi uh, was telling me, she has a mentor, and she was telling me that the, the, her mentor gave her a, a story, gave her a, a testimony, a real true story at Lake Michigan, I believe. Um, and they were sailing on a boat, not like the motor one, but they actually had to uh, rely on the wind and pull the sail out. Well, her and her husband went out there, and um, a storm came. Now, they didn't check the weather, all right? so they just went out there, and they went pretty far, but a storm came. And she had told Madi, I have never felt in my life that I was going to actually die this way. Like, she thought she was going to, her and her husband were going to die. So they gave it to God. They, they, God, save us. Save us. And at the same time, the Spirit of God spoke to them on different occasions, and they both told each other. And what the Spirit of God said to them was, you don't look at the whole storm. You look at me. He goes, but we're going to take this one wave at a time. I'm going to show you how to conquer that wave then that wave, then that wave, then that wave, and that wave, and that wave as you move. And what happened was she said at the end of the story that she had told her, man, we got to the land, she's all like, and we were exhausted, we were tired, but God showed us every step of the way how to conquer this wave. Here's the thing. God knows how to conquer every wave of your life. You see, but sometimes when we fix our eyes on the storm, it's too big for us. And rightfully so, it is too big for you. That's why he's saying don't look at it. Look at me, because when you look at me, I instruct you how to conquer this wave right here, then this wave over here, and then what you're going through over there, and then what's to come. I'm gonna show you how to do it. I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna guide you. It's so much that it's gonna come out of you, and you're gonna hold other people's hands, and you're gonna teach them and guide them as well. You're gonna reflect what I am teaching you, but if you fix your eyes on me. You see, because when you don't fix your eyes on me, Jesus says, when you don't fix your eyes on me, you reflect the opposite, and that's fear and doubt, and can I do this, can I not do this? It's one wave at a time, one step at a time. Now, going back to that first scripture in Mark, I didn't finish it, and I didn't finish it on purpose because I wanted to end it with this, okay? Now, Jesus gets up from his nap, He looks at his disciples, and he says, and he does this, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said, everyone say said, He said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And for so long, when I read this scripture, for so long, I would do that. I would just say, quiet, still. And sometimes it just didn't happen until one day the spirit of God showed me what he meant during this. And this really blew me away. You see, quiet, be still is not an outward change. Quiet, be still is not you shouting at your problems and just like trying to get them away. Quiet, be still is an inward experience. Quiet be still is something that you have to experience and encounter with Christ because when hell breaks loose when storms are rising and waves are crashing your boat you can go to this heart and say quiet be still right. you can go to your mind quiet be still right. because no matter what's going on i'm fixing my eyes on jesus and want you rest and lay down and be comfortable in a storm yeah. you can't change this world this world is very hostile to god listen to the news If you don't believe me, listen, this world is hostile to Jesus Christ. This world is always going to be in an uproar and chaos and, and storm is going to happen. But when you fix your eyes on Jesus and when those storms crash against your boat, crash against your house, you can stay quiet, be still because my Lord and savior has got my back and he's going to show me how to conquer this way. Then this way, then this way, then this way. And I'm not telling you because I, you know, God wants me to preach this to you. I'm telling you because I'm going through it right now. Every moment I'm going through it. That's how you follow Jesus. That's how you have the understanding that his love never separates from me and from you. It's when you go through those times, through those trenches that you say, no, I will follow. I will follow you. Quiet. Be still. Everyone say that. Quiet. Quiet. Be still. still. Last night, when I was just, again, preparing for this whole thing, I was tired. I was exhausted. I'm going to be real with you guys. It was a long drive. We got in late Friday, Friday evening. I'm tired. My body was physically drained. I was falling asleep at Pastor Danny's house yesterday. And he said, go home and get rest, man. And I said, no, I got to prepare. I want to be faithful to what God has to say. And He's like, all right, well, just go home. He's like, you should come watch the boxing fight. I'm like, dude, that thing's going to go till 2 in the morning, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Who saw the fight? Yeah. And here's the thing, though. When I was in a quiet time, when my family was sleeping, and it was just me and God, and it was very late at night, the Lord had said, when you are an intimate When you are intimate with me, you're not intimidated by no storm. But when you're intimidated by a storm, that means you're just not intimate with me. And man, that took me back and made me check myself again. I said, Lord, I want to be intimate with you. Because when I'm intimate with you, Lord, I know I won't be as intimidated when life comes. I won't be intimidated by man and by by, by problems and by what's going on in this world and and all the, the news that I'm hearing. I won't be intimidated by that. I just want to be intimate with you, God. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, it says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence, I love that, whose confidence is in